Hello, Cross Timbers family, and welcome to episode 44 of the CT Conversations podcast, a show where every week we explore more what we are learning together as a church. My name is Ian Harbour, and today my guest is Glenna Massey. Glenna is one of our pastoral care pastors at The Healing Place, and y'all, I can't tell you enough how full of wisdom and grace she is. Today, we're talking about finding God in the ordinary, fixing our lenses that we see the world through, the spiritual disciplines, and so much more. I love this conversation with Glenna, and I hope you do too. If anything in this podcast today is hopeful or meaningful to you, would you mind sharing it with someone else? Hearing the stories of the way that God is using this podcast to reach people and to help them follow Jesus and find more freedom is so encouraging. And we want everyone at Cross Timbers to know about this podcast so it can help them in their journey too. So with all of that said, here is my conversation with Glenna Massey. Enjoy. Well, hey, Glenna. How's it going? Hi, Ian. It's great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks I'm, for inviting me. I've been wanting to have you on this podcast for so long, and you're just now getting here, and I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. glad to be here. I think you've asked me three times, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, you got a busy schedule, seeing a ton of people and I doing do. everything that you do over at The Healing Place. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about just, I know we could actually probably talk about this forever, and it's okay. not why we're here, but... Tell us a little bit about like why you got into counseling, your heart behind seeing people and all that great stuff. Oh, wow. Um, funny you should ask. Somebody asked me that last night. Oh, really? Oh, yes, wow. yes. So um, I have always had it in my heart to be with people. Um, I don't want people to be alone in their pain. Mm. It's It's something that my mom would tell you, it's been a part of me since I was 12 or 13 years old, mm-hmm. um, just to walk with people for them to not be alone. Mm-hmm. And um, went to college thinking I would be a therapist. And I started thinking I wanted to be a mom more than I wanted to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed my major, interior design, family studies. Really, interior design? Yes, wow. yes. And the thought was, I'll have kids when they get in school. I'll go back to school, get my master's, get my license, and be a therapist. And so my kids got to first grade, second grade, middle school, high school, and then they mm. went to college, and that's when I went back to college. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so it was something, and a, a longing in my heart um, that I knew that that was something God had called me to do, and I did it. I stepped into it. Halfway through the program, I started questioning, like, God, are you sure? <laughs> did I really hear this from you? And uh-huh. you know, it was that halfway point, and he's like, trust me, I've got something for you. And um, I've been trusting him with every step since. Mm. I love that. I love that. And you're so good at it too. I feel like the Lord has given you such a gift. Thank you. I feel like I know so many, maybe I I shouldn't know this, but I feel like I know so many people that see you and everyone says like, it's the best part of their week when they come and see you. Just because being able to talk to someone that understands and listens and helps them through, it's it's powerful stuff. I say everyone should go to counseling. It's amazing, but it it really is great. Yes, everyone should go to counseling. I go to counseling. (laughs) Yes, and you're a counselor. It's great. I feel like everyone should do it. 
And um, so I want us to go ahead and hop into Toby's message from this past weekend. We're in the better series still. And um, talking about, you know, the last week we talked about the cripple at the gate from the cripple's perspective. And then this week we sort of shifted to Peter and John's perspective. Right. Look at the same story from a new lens. And mm. one of the things that Toby talked about was um, a lot of the times we're looking for God in the extraordinary, the supernatural, the mm-hmm. crazy, sometimes weird stuff. Right. But really, God is found in the ordinary moments of our days. Um, they weren't right. looking for the cripple. He was just standing, you know, he was just sitting there, not standing there, sitting there. He was there. And he was yeah. there. And um, they stumble upon him. And then an ordinary day turns into an extraordinary day. Right. I think we miss that a lot of times because we are looking for God in the extraordinary. And so mm-hmm. I want to hear you talk about that a little bit and just ask, why is it that we feel like God is only found in the extraordinary and we right. miss him so much in the ordinary moments? Right. Well, probably miss him in the ordinary moments because we're looking for the extraordinary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we grow up singing songs. My God is so great. He's so mighty. There's mm-hmm. nothing my God cannot do. And there's Old Testament stories about him showing up in extraordinary ways. And then New Testament, extraordinary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think our mindset is to to look at that that way. And then um, the second thing is... Um, Maybe it's the third thing because I said there's songs in our story. You know, we hear the Bible and things like that. Uh We're conditioned for it. Um, And then we hear people talk about the miracles and things like that, and we're looking for it. So me personally, Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm that way. As I'm on my journey, maybe eight, 10 years ago, I'm sitting there praying, God, show up, show me something, show mm-hmm. me that you're here, show me your Holy Spirit. Like I wanted a big zap. Yeah. And I started listening for him and looking for him and he showed up in the ordinary. And um, so one example, one story is we brought, there was an opportunity for our nephew to come live with us. He was one years old. Mm. And... Um, it was a great time. Our friends surrounded us. They like, here's a crib and here are diapers and here are clothes and really loved him. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't know if he was gonna be there for three months or three weeks or three years or 30 years. Mm -hmm. But our hearts and our minds were open to him to be a part of our family. And our church family came around us and just supported us. He was only there three months, and um, he he was able to go back and, and live with his mom, which was great, right? Um, but I wasn't quite sure if he wasn't going to be coming back to live with us. So I held on to diapers and the crib and things like that. And mm, six months, maybe a year later, mm-hmm. I need to clean that out. Mm-hmm. So I started cleaning everything out. I put the diapers in the car. I put the car seat in the car. And... Um, I went up to a preschool that I had taught at and the director happened to be there and I said, hey, do you need these diapers? She's like, no, we have plenty. And I'm walking out the door and one of the teachers walks in and I'm like, oh, hey. And she's like, hey, and we talk and I'm like, hey, could you use some diapers? And she Mm -hmm. starts crying. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? She goes, we have two diapers left and like $25 in our bank account till next week. And I'm like, 
oh, guess what? And so we go out to the car and they're the right size and there's enough diapers to get her through two weeks. Wow. And so ordinary moment, right? Yeah. But extraordinary yeah. moment for her because mm. she's sitting there praying, God, what? You know, mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? And I was like, wow, God, you're wonderful. You showed up in in this ordinary moment. Um the same day, car seats in the back of the car, borrowed it from somebody, orthodontics office, like the assistant hygienist that was mm-hmm. helping us, went there thinking, oh, she'll be there, I'll give it back to her. She didn't work there, hadn't worked there in six months. And mm-hmm. her friend texted her and said, hey, this lady's here with a car seat. Mm-hmm. I have never seen her before. And she goes, oh, well, I just happened to be at the corner of Morris and 1171. Mm-hmm. Guess where I was? Corner right there. At Moore's in 1171. Mm. So she pulled in the parking lot. Here's your car seat. Like, that's God in the ordinary, right? Yeah. It was just a moment, but I was looking for him. Mm-hmm. I was looking for him. And when you're looking for him, you seize those moments to to let him work through you. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to the kind of the principle of being making yourself available for God to use mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. And and expecting him to. Mm-hmm. And then having the right types of, I mean, and Toby talked about this this weekend too, the right types of lenses on to see the world and see God in those moments and then being available to allow God to use you when right. those moments arise. Right. And so what, in, I think there's moments too, because we're not, born with those lenses of Mm -hmm. seeing God in every moment, being Mm -hmm. available. You know, those are things that I think God, it almost goes back to a couple of weeks ago when Toby talked about how the Holy Spirit is like this suddenly kind of moment. There's moments Mm -hmm. in our lives that open us up to greater and greater Mm -hmm. awareness of God's Mm -hmm. presence and his activity and the things that he's doing. And so I want to ask you just kind of what are, what is maybe one of those moments? Oh. I'm sure there's lots of them, but one of those moments where you feel like God opened up your eyes to see him in every moment. Mm-hmm. So see him in every moment, but also to see him in a different light. Yeah. Um, so there's an exercise I do where we ask people like, hey God, will you, you close your eyes, you meditate, and we're visualizing being in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, God is, we ask the question, God, is there something that keeps me from wanting to spend time with you? God, is there something that keeps me from knowing you better? And so I had done this exercise in a class. I feel like that's why you go to counseling right there. Right? It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. oh, so ask it in a class, not expecting him to answer me. Oh, right? Oh, of course not. Yeah, because yeah, like I'm facilitating, yeah, of right? And he didn't answer me in the moment, but two days later on a Tuesday, I opened scripture and he's, he's saying, you know, um, pray for others, be kind to others because I was kind to you when you were my enemy. And mm. I was like, wait, what? Like I've had the concept of God being kind, like I read it, right? He's mm. kind. But to, for him to say to me, hey, I want you to embrace that I'm kind even when you were my enemy. And so you think about, you talked about our paradigms and how it's shaped in our lens. Well, if you grow up in a home, which we're disciplinarians as as parents, right? Mm -hmm. It may not always seem like kindness at the time. And we may develop a lens that says, oh, I have to behave a certain way Mm. for kindness. Or even what we're taught about God through scripture, like our teachers may teach us like, well, God's, 
looking to punish you or God's not happy with you when you're this. But scripture says he's kind. Mm. He -hmm. is kind, even when we're his enemy. And so changing my lens of saying, oh, he's kind. His righteousness is for everyone, Mm -hmm. right? He sends Mm -hmm. the rain on, the rain falls and it falls on everyone. His kindness is for everyone. It's not just a select few. And he loves us, he's kind, even when I'm not obeying him, mm-hmm. even when I'm not seeking him. So my lens changed. And so now looking through that lens of a God who's kind is like amazing. Cause I start seeing his kindness in circumstances in my life. I start seeing his kindness in other people's lives too. It's mm. easier to identify. Well, it reminds me of kind of two things. One, talking about how it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we think it's God's anger that leads us to repentance, but it's not. It's His kindness and yeah. how God disciplines those that He loves. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we think of both discipline and repentance as these kind of can be negative things. Sometimes yeah. are really hard things, but I, I love that both of those come out of love and kindness because mm-hmm. it means that it's not that God's angry with us. It's that mm-hmm. God sees more in us and He's purifying that yeah. sin out of our lives so that he can use us more and more. Because he wants to be connected with us. Exactly. He yes. loves us. He loves us and his kindness. And yeah. I think that changes the way you see God. It's sometimes when life feels difficult or maybe it feels like God's mm-hmm. disciplining us, our default can be that he's mad at us. But mm-hmm. really it's out of love and kindness. Right, right. So right. crazy. And so how do we, how do we get <clears throat> to that place? How do we... Because again, those aren't that perspective does not come naturally to us. Mm-mm. What Maybe it's, and the answer literally might be just going through life experiences, but what are some things that we can do to actively try to see God in those moments and, and fix our lenses? So fix our lenses, yeah. so to speak? Yeah. Okay. Um, so another story comes to mind. Great. Right? Perfect. Um, the short answer is, man, being in relationship with God, like mm-hmm. having that soulful conversation, that communion with him Mm -hmm. changes your lens, Mm -hmm. right? Being connected to the Holy Spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit changes your lens. And so that's a short answer. So the story, um, I was finishing my master's. I had gone to Lynchburg, was studying. Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to take the exit exam. And so I was studying by the pool and it was an indoor pool. This family came and they were playing and this flashing, having fun. So a mom, a dad, I guess a boy about four or five years old, like old enough to get around in the pool, but needed a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. And um, dad dad was playing with him and like throwing him in the air and they were splashing each other and having a great time. And I watched the little boy try to engage with his mom. Mm-hmm. Her hair was fixed. She had on some makeup and mm-hmm. you could tell she was a little more timid in the water. She was in the water. She was being with the family in she kept this son at arm's length when he wanted to engage with her like he had engaged with his dad. Hmm. And so he attempted like three or four times to engage with her and she just kept him at arm's length. Like she played and kind of, but not like but not that. not really either, yeah. And so he got frustrated and he goes, you just don't love me. Mm. And I was like, oh, oh right? That's how our lens is formed. So he had this moment where he's like, mom, you don't love me because you weren't engaging with me how I wanted to engage with you. And his dad was watching. His dad comes over and, yeah. and like holds him. And he's like, oh, 
you know, like, baby boy, your mommy loves you. Your mommy loves you. He said, we just play with mommy different than how you play with daddy. Mm. And he showed him how to play with mommy Mm. and changed the lens of that little boy. Like for me, like here I am becoming a therapist and we're talking about these things (laughs) in family systems. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm witnessing this child declaring that his mom doesn't love him. And I'm like, oh, wait. (laughs) And his dad picks him up and hugs him and says like, oh no, that's not true. Your mommy loves you. And I feel like when we get in this relationship with God and we pursue a relationship with God, not just gaining knowledge from reading his word, but really getting to know him, he scoops us up and he says, oh baby girl, that lens is not truth. Let Mm -hmm. me give you a new lens to see through so you know what the opportunity is here in front of you. So you know my love for you so that that love and that comfort you can receive from me and then you can turn around and share that truth with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You can share my comfort with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's my my story about like, man, be in relationship with God. Be in relationship with Him and your lens will change mm-hmm. and it will start changing you. So you asked like, How? Right? Yeah. Like, so through relationship. So how do we have that relationship with God? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Um, for me personally, it changed when I learned how to meditate on His Word. When it went mm-hmm. from studying Scripture and knowing Scripture to experiencing Scripture. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? How do you do that? Right. Mm-hmm. I started practicing meditation. Okay. Um, really simple. I know people get freaked out going like, oh, that's nope. that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. But meditating on his word. Mm-hmm. And I started small. Um, I, I picked two verses. So I started in um, Psalms 23, right? Great. The Lord's my shepherd. Yes. Right? And I just... I spend two minutes reading. Do you want the details? Mm-hmm. So I spend two minutes reading his word, just those two verses, right? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. And um, just reading it like it is, paying attention to the Holy Spirit within me, acknowledging the Holy Spirit within me and saying, teach me, you're my comforter, you're my teacher, show me what you want to show me in this scripture. Then spending two minutes, I rewrite it, as if God's speaking to me personally. Mm. Hey, Glenna, I'm your shepherd. You don't need anybody else. I'm the one who restores your soul. I'll lead you beside still waters. You can trust me. You can rest in me. And two minutes out loud, as if he's speaking to me personally. Then two minutes declaring it as if it is the truest thing I have ever proclaimed in my life that you are my shepherd. Mm -hmm. You are the one who restores my soul. And then I take two minutes and I just ask the Holy Spirit to teach me. What do you want to teach me about these two verses Mm -hmm. that I proclaimed? So when I say reading, I'm reading them out loud. I'm Mm -hmm. proclaiming them out loud. I'm not doing it in my head. My voice is speaking it and it takes it from one part of my brain and it puts it in the other side of my brain. So I'm experiencing scripture. Another way of experiencing scripture is um, through visualizing Mm -hmm. what was it like? How do I take in this scripture with all my senses? How can I imagine? What did it smell like? Mm -hmm. You know, what are we seeing? What did it feel like? Was it hot? Was it cold? Like, how do I experience what I'm reading 
with all of my senses. Mm -hmm. So that's meditation. When I started doing that and journaling, things changed for me. My relationship with God changed. The Holy Spirit started teaching me things that I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's really neat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I do is um, I move, try to move, um, shift from praying mm. to communion. Explain the difference between those. So prayer, like, okay, when I was younger, like, hey, God. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for Dear this Dear God, day. thank yes. you for all of, thank you for this. And then, mm-hmm. honestly, like, sometimes my prayer sounded a little bit like I thought God was a genie in a bottle. Yeah. Hey, will you do this for me? Hey, machine. will you do this yeah. for me? You know, like, asking him to show up. And, and mm-hmm. um, one day I woke up and was like, ooh, like, I kind of talk to God like he's my servant. Oh, man. <laughs> right? <That hurts. laughs> yeah. Um, what's yeah. going on there? And I'm like, so man, this was many years ago. And I start it shifted. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, God, like, how can I serve you today? Mm. What can I do for you today? And so just prayer and then communion with him. Communion to me with him is this deeper relationship where it's a back and forth and it's a learning and and a sharing and me seeking to know him. So Mm -hmm. it may be through scripture. It may be through worship songs. Like, I mean, God tells us, sing hymns to each other, encourage each other, right? And it goes to a worshipful time. And so it's solitude, but it's not solitude and isolation. It's Mm -hmm. solitude with the Lord. So to receive, to give to others. Um, So it's that communion and that worship and and waiting on him, like waiting on him. (laughs) That's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Waiting on him. Um, So those are some things that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have been life-changing for me. I think that's so important because a lot of times, even going even going back to what we were talking about before about how mm-hmm. God is kind and, and He does love us and He shows up in the ordinary. I think at the end of the day, if you were to ask people if they believe those things, they would probably say yes. Like I do believe mm-hmm. God is kind. I do believe God is love. You know, mm-hmm. I do believe God speaks to me today. You know, um, but. You know, Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us a story of the two houses, you know, Mm -hmm. one on rock, one on sand. Mm -hmm. And he says that the one with the house on the rock that doesn't fall with the storm comes and everything is Mm -hmm. the one who hears his words and puts them into practice. Right. And so I think sometimes he he does it. And I think sometimes we believe that because we're so in our heads or even like in our emotions that mm-hmm. we we want God to meet us there when God's saying, no, you actually have to do these things, you know? Right. Like if you believe that I still speak to you, mm-hmm. read my words and mm-hmm. meditate on them mm-hmm. and do what Jesus did and do what the people in the Bible did and find yourself in these true stories that actually happened. Mm-hmm. And um, even what you're saying about how it's a communion. It's a conversation with God. Right now, I'm reading this book, kind of taking it slow because it's a little dense. By Dallas Willard called "Hearing God." Oh, and, uh, I have love. You read that? Yes. Okay, it's so good. I'm not. I'm not that far into it, but he talks about how it's a conversation with God, and like any conversation, mm-hmm. you talk and then you listen, and they, and right. then God talks, and right. that should be. It, it's like what you said. There's mm-hmm. things that we believe that are absolutely mm-hmm. true about God, but it's when we start putting it into practice or when the storm comes and you do actually turn to God mm-hmm. that that knowledge 
becomes experience. Right. And now it's not just, now you're not just believing, you're knowing. You're knowing. Because you've experienced mm-hmm. it for yourself. Yeah. So Carl Jung, like yeah. somebody asked him, like, do you believe in God? And his first reply was like, no, I don't <laughs> believe in God. I know God. Mm. Like I know God. Right? Yeah. And so how do you do that then hanging out with him? Yeah. Right? And spending time with him and having that two-way conversation. Mm. And I call it two-way journaling. Yeah. You know? And so like, you know, you hang out with somebody for coffee. Yeah. And you have communion with them, right? Uh You have friends over, you hang out with them. So you have your best friend or maybe it's your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. People start saying like, Y'all kind of have the same mannerisms. <laughs> Are y'all joined at the hip? Like, what like is them. this? Yeah. yeah, like you start looking like each other yeah. and you start taking on some of the characteristics that the other one has and some of the beliefs and stuff. And I am finding like the more I hang out with God in practice, like these disciplines, yeah. not for like, hey, check the box, but these disciplines, because I want to get to know you. Uh-huh. Hopefully I look more like him. Mm-hmm when I walk away from his presence or maybe I never walk away from his presence, but just being in his presence, that, yeah. right? Yeah. And worshiping with him and spending time in communion, like that's the goal, right? To become more like Jesus. Yeah. So I don't know. So makes sense to me. Meditate on his word day yeah, and Yeah, invite like Jesus yeah. to coffee. Exactly. I, no, it's so good. So going into kind of our last point here, one of the things, and it's, it's shifting a little bit, but it's also not shifting because I think okay. this all flows into each other. Right. One thing, it's kind of like dominoes. One thing leads into another. One thing Toby talked about is that basically what Peter was doing in that moment with the cripple is it wasn't about him anymore. His perspective had shifted. He sees God in every moment. And it's not about him anymore. It's about other people. And it's not about Mm. what God can do for Peter. Because I think a lot of times when you know, Jesus was on earth and they were walking together for those three years. It was a lot of like gaining status with Jesus. Jesus drawing these crowds and Peter's right next to him and you know, Mm. feels good. But now it's not what can God do for Peter, but it's what can God do through Peter? Mm -hmm. How do we make that shift? Well, first of all, why is that important? Because we want God to do stuff for us too, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But why is that shift so important? And how do we go from, God, what can you do for me? To God, what can you do through me? That is such a great question. Such a great question. Um, in my mind, like as you're speaking, I was thinking of so many things. Like I was thinking about like, here's Peter and Jesus. <clears throat> when Jesus met him, he said, you're the rock. Mm. I'm gonna build my church on you. Like mm-hmm. no pressure, yeah. right? <laughs> Just kind of a little, little job. No pressure, yeah. but I am anointing you, right? As Mm -hmm. a leader, as a spokesperson. And then my thoughts go to everything Jesus did, all Mm -hmm. the miracles um, he performed. And so I'm the youngest of four children. Mm. I learn through watching other people. When, If I can see somebody do something like, oh, I can learn from that, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus was modeling, Peter's learning. And so here he is filled with the spirit and he's going, wow, God, like, he's seeing the things that Jesus saw because he walked with him. And here he is like stepping out saying, use me, do Mm -hmm. this. And I think about um, Christ's prayer, man, you know, he's like, I just want them to be one with you, God, like you and Mm -hmm. I are one and do it through your spirit. And so, I mean, that's the ultimate, right? Mm -hmm. Like just be one with God so you can see what he sees and 
the Holy Spirit sharing things from heaven with you and teaching you truths from heaven. Mm-hmm. And so when I see this person, I heal them, mm-hmm. right? Or God's doing something through me because I'm connected. I'm one with the Father. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that sounds great, but like, what does that look like every day, right? Yeah, yeah. How does that shift? And um, kind of goes back up to what we were talking about before, right? Mm-hmm. That spending time with him, communing with him, and um, it shifts. But I think even about like today, I was nervous earlier in the week. I'm like mm-hmm. praying like, God, show up for me, yes. right? Uh-huh. God, show up. And then it started shifting like, God, what do you want to say through me? Can you help me surrender to you in the moment that you speak through me? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a natural progression. I think we do have that progression of God do for me because we have needs and wants and hurts, right? Mm-hmm. But then we progress to once we experience his love and his compassion that we get to share it with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times it's... it depends on the story that we're believing about the world. Absolutely. Because if we believe that the story, if we believe that the story of the world is I'm at the center of it, you know, mm-hmm. then it is going to be what can God do for me? It's what can anybody do for me? Mm-hmm. And once we shift to, no, I'm not the center of the story. I'm participating mm-hmm. in God's story. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, of course that includes God doing things for us. Uh, yeah. But it becomes way bigger than that. It is also, I'm participating in something bigger than myself. It's what can God do through me, not just for me. Right. And um, I think that's why, at the end of the day, uh, like one of the things that's so important about uh, scripture reading, meditation, prayer, mm-hmm. all the things that mm-hmm. you were just talking about, these spiritual disciplines, these habits right. of grace that we build into our lives, right. is that we're retelling ourselves the true story of the world is that I'm not the center of the story. I'm entering into God's story. Mm-hmm. And there's benefits to that, of course, but it's it's God is using me to rescue and restore the world. Mm-hmm. And I've got a part to play in that. Oh yeah, so good. So good. So Glenna, anything else you'd like to add? This has been such a great conversation. Anything else you would like to say before we sign off here. No, I don't have anything to add. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad you're here and uh, I'd love to have you back, Lynn. It'd be so good. Thank you, Ian. There you have it. Isn't Glenna amazing? I'm not joking. I really think everyone should go to counseling, even if you have a great life. It's transformational, and Glenna is one of the best around. And I know it's so easy to hear about the spiritual disciplines and honestly feel a little intimidated, and I get that. But these are tools that God has given us to be with Him and to get to know Him And the truth is God always, always meets us right where we are at and with whatever we have, even if it's just a little. So this week, today even, take just a little bit of time and practice what Glenna talked about on this episode. Meditate on scripture and ask God to reveal himself through you or through it to you. And it might feel awkward or unnatural at first, but you will experience God in a whole new way that will bring so much freedom to your life. 
And maybe you can take this question with you into that time. Each week, we ask a question for you to reflect on in your better journal. And so here it is for this week. Where is God in the ordinary moments of my life? And how does he want to use me in them? Where is God in the ordinary moments of my life? And how does he want to use me in them? Next Wednesday, we will be back with another conversation and I can't wait for it. As always, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.